something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. This is the episode. You all know it. You all love it. Teresa Giudice flips the table. Table flipping, fist pumping, gym tan and laundry. It's all here in New Jersey. GTL, baby. There was only one person we could bring in for this episode, the Jersey queen herself, Nicole Snooky Palizzi. This is the Real Housewives of New Jersey season one, episode six finale. We met years ago at a like a a club as part of something like a big. I remember it's like a, by an escalator, some big living room thing as part of something. Where did we meet? I feel like it was um. What are they called? I feel like it was like an upfront or something. But I okay. was literally obsessed with you, and I couldn't <sighs> wait to stalk you. <laughs> I mean, you've done so well. I have to say, like you really, you know, made a dollar out of fifteen cents. Don't you feel like you made like real chicken salad out of this thing? I mean, I'm trying to be like you. Aren't you succeeding? I'm trying to get on your level. (laughs) (laughs) Is it going well? I mean, yeah, I feel like it's doing great. I mean, like you said, you know, you start on a crazy, you know, party reality show. We didn't even know it was going to be like all these seasons and still on air to this day. And then obviously, you know, you're getting all these opportunities. I can't say yes to everything. So I said yes to the things I actually love. And um, I'm still going. So I feel like it's good. Yeah, I mean... It's just you're Snooky, so it's like good to be Snooky because it's just like an iconic name, brand, person. You understand, like it's just fun. So anyway, I'm excited to have you here, and how great for us to review uh, a Real Housewives of New Jersey episode. And <gasps> I'm literally so excited for you. I love all your reviews and your Instagram, and I just love how honest you are. Like you just don't give a shit, and I feel like that's been me always. Mm-hmm. So I just I look up to you. Well, I really appreciate that. I presume that you know many of the housewives of New Jersey or like you, you really know yeah. the show intimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I hung out with Melissa a few times, saw Teresa a few times. 
Um, I feel like the older ones, um, who is it? The Manzo, Carol, mm-hmm. Caroline yeah. Manzo. Um, yeah. My husband knows the sons, so they're like a nice family. Um, so yeah, they're nice and, people. And do they live close to you? No. No, okay. I think like an hour away, maybe. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And did you ever consider doing the show? Because I feel like there have been rumors about that. Is that, were there rumors yeah. about that or am I making that? Yeah. Okay. No, there's been rumors. Um, I don't think I could handle it. I'm like more of like the fun, like, let's have fun and party, like no drama. Like I hate drama. I know it happens sometimes on the show with us and it is what it is. But like, I try and steer clear from that shit. And I feel like Housewives is all that. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like, um, no. I couldn't. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this is the Real Housewives of New Jersey. This is the iconic table flip episode. Crazy. And it's crazy. And it's funny to go back and watch. And for for no particular reason, even if it's around the same time frame, some episodes look more dated than others. And this episode does look dated. Like it looks like mm-hmm. it's from another yeah. era. Right. But this is the messy. This is really the best time of Housewives. Like when I was on, because it's more like Jersey Shore old school episodes where they're not too Mm -hmm. polished. It's a it's a mess. You can tell the production's a little bit of a mess. The way people look is more of a mess. They're doing their own. Yeah. They're wearing their Mm -hmm. own clothes. It's not a a circus where people have like F's and C's and G's every which way. And they're like vajazzled Chanel with Mm -hmm. five different glam people. It was more like really fly on the wall back then. So yeah. credit, not credit, but like, cause not credit for flipping a table, but that was before there really were outlandish antics on reality shows just to kind of get the ratings and kind of walk in with a plan. So this was mm-hmm. the first one really in the whole housewives franchise where someone did something physically crazy. Yeah. And I think that was 2009. Cause I had to look it up to be like, when did this come out? And everybody just looks like babies. Like even like when we watch us, because we our show premiered in two thousand nine. So oh. when I watched the first episodes of us, I'm like, I look seven. I was like, I look so different. My voice is different. It's just it's so crazy to look back and see all that. Well, that's good. That's a good touchstone to say that this. So this episode of The Real Housewives was season one. Mm-hmm. So this is when you were first on Jersey Shore, just to give everyone perspective. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So, all right. So I also find, and we'll get into this together, that I look back and see people differently now not being in it. So um, Danielle is in the Housewives, and you get the sense that she's going to, that this book is going to reveal itself in the show, because the book has been been discussed. And I'm in the car watching the episode, and I'm thinking to myself how recently... Lisa Rinna left the Housewives and I was trying to explain to fans that if there's a character that is that you hate to hate, that's often when they take somebody off a show. Loving to hate is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, loving to love is amazing. But hating to hate, she, I believe, became that kind of character. But at this point, I wasn't there yet. Like going back and watching the episode, I wanted to walk in and always thought that I had a bad taste in my mouth about her. But in this episode... I, I I didn't blame her for certain actions, Danielle, in this episode. So I want to get into it. Right. There's a part about this in the beginning where I think they don't want to hang out with Danielle. They don't want to associate with her. And mm-hmm. you don't get that choice on reality TV. Like, that's the thing. No. Like, there's no, and cast members discuss that. Like, I'm not hanging out with her. I'm not filming with her. Like, that doesn't exist. That's It's false reality. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I feel like that's happened with us girls. 
you know, we're, we're, we're having a fight or whatever. We just need a minute. We're just like, you know, we don't want to see each other. Like I just need a breather because I don't want to say something or any of us want to say something that we're going to regret. And then it's on TV and then everyone's judging us and like, they don't even know what's happening. So we're always like, yeah, let's take a minute from filming with each other. And then boom, we're all at a dinner and we're all together when we said, no, we're not going to do it. So it's like, we don't have a choice in that. It's, it's our job. It's our job to all mingle and hang out and associate with each other, even if we do want to break. Well, and that's funny because you're more mature than the housewives because that's what happened when Lisa Vanderpump wouldn't film with anybody. Teresa now wouldn't film with Melissa. Like no one really says like, this is your job because, Mm -hmm. but by the same token, back when I was on the housewives and we went to, to, to scary Island and they all went to this photo shoot, I didn't want to be around certain people. So I didn't go. And that is, that's real. So I, you could go mm-hmm. both ways. Being forced to be together, yours is different because you're literally living in a house together. So that's not real to begin. With. I mean, that's not normal life real. Mm-hmm. So if you're forced to live in a house with them, you're not going to not hang out. Yeah, but that wasn't the case for the wedding, the speech. We weren't, we weren't living with each other. It was just like kind of like housewife style where we get together. You know, we go away for like a little trip. We're together. Um, but that we're all living in, you know, our separate houses. Like I'm, you know, I'm being a mom, everyone's being a mom. So I ended up quitting. I ended up quitting for a season. Cause I was like, this shit is just too much, like too much drama. Like I just love being all about, and I know it's so corny, but like, I just want everything to be fun and positive. And I just hate fighting with my friends and it just really like takes a toll on me. So I literally almost had like a mental breakdown where I was like, I just can't deal with this anymore. So I literally quit the show for a year. And then I was like, shit, like I kind of miss everybody. I think I should be okay to like go back into it. So, I mean, it's not easy. The, the, it messes up with your psyche a little bit. It does mess up with your psyche. There's a price you pay. I've talked about this. There are many housewives on antidepressants. It's a price that you pay. Is oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah, you you know, and no one can understand it until you're in it. Like, And I've tried to express that sitting in a scene you know something's either come out or you've said something you regret or something, but the the train doesn't stop. We're not like, okay, everybody, I've just said something or something's been revealed about me that I don't like and I wish I weren't out there. Let's all stop and take a cleansing breath. It's like the train is still mm-hmm. moving, but you're inside your head thinking, what the fuck was that? And now I still mm-hmm. have to talk normal because I don't want them to see me sweat or whatever game you're playing in your head. It's intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yep. Um. So... That's, you know, and did you have a feeling about Teresa's house knowing how later her life and Joe's life would unfold when you saw that massive house in Jersey? Yeah. I mean, back in the day when I watched it, no, because I was like, oh, my God, this girl lives such a glamorous life, like gorgeous house. Watching it now, though, like style wise, it is so old school Jersey with like the dark cherry wood and everything and the trim. I'm like, Oh my God, this is so old school, which I have some in my house still. But um, I was like, Oh my God, this is so, like you said, outdated when you watch it now. Um, But yeah, watching it now and seeing that I'm like, okay, (laughs) makes sense. Oh, you mean the lavish. I'm talking about the lavish ornate, the giant massive rooms. It's gotta be 12,000. Oh yeah. And they oh, both yeah. went to jail for avoiding taxes yes. or whatever. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. But like also style wise, I'm like, holy shit, that's old. <laughs> uh, old and like showy yeah. old, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That, so that that's a typical old school Jersey house to you? Like the design? Yes. Yes. Because when I, when I moved into my house, I think it was 2000, 
2013 maybe that was like all i wanted was like the the dark cherry wood and like the uh the burgundy like drapes and everything oh, i'm like okay. yes this is Teresa's house well okay so now we have a scene with danielle and her daughters and i was moved by how pretty they are i remember that i, I wanted to look at them now because it's crazy to see housewives kids now um they all look like models but mm-hmm. they seemed like sweet girls. It made me a little uncomfortable. We're talking about the mom who has a book out that says that she's been arrested, was a prostitute, was mm. you know on a pole. And now the kids are on the show because the producers have to have the family on the show. So now you have two kids here and she's trying to say to them, you know, mom always protects you. And like, I'll always open with you. And I'm just uncomfortable about that line with kids and like this adult storyline. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, so I feel like for myself, I'm I try and distance my kids on the show just because there is drama. There's stuff that's like not appropriate for my kids to know right now. I mean, my oldest is ten, Giovanna's eight, and my youngest is three. So it's like you know, I like to show the mommy side of me on the show and stuff like that. But it's like strictly like mom, like I'm your mom. That's it. Like more of like parenting. Um, I don't really have like best friend talks with them yet. And if I do, it's definitely not going to be on the show. They're not going to know about the show. I tell them mommy's an actress. So anything that you see that's wrong or I'm doing bad on TikTok, it's not real, even though it is, cause, you know, I like to drink my wine, but, um, yeah, I, I like to like draw a line there when it comes to reality, my kids and you know, the show. How old are your kids? Lorenzo's 10, Giovanna's eight, and then Angelo's three. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's it's not that far away from the ages that these girls are there and the mom is talking to them and they look mm-hmm. uncomfortable. They look uncomfortable too. And the yeah. kids were in, what's different in this episode that doesn't happen as much later. Well, first of all, Jersey's more of a family show, even more than Beverly Hills with sisters. But Jersey's like the, the, the husband, the kids, like it's more of a family yeah. show. The kids are in the interview chair in this episode, which I thought was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. that's That's not that common. Um, a big part of the housewives is outing people to just be like, you were a stripper. That feels like it's just degrading Mm -hmm. and, 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 and holier than that with, with all the things that happened to so many housewives and going to jail and all these crazy things that happened. It it does is a lesson for people to not really judge someone else's shoes. Yeah. And that's why I can never do the show because like, I feel like I never done anything that bad in my, you know, I feel like I don't have bad skeletons, but like if someone, if I did and someone were to dig that up and just come at me one day, no warning and say, boom, I would live, I would be devastated. So I feel like that's why everyone loves the show though, because that's the only show that that happens on. I feel, I mean, I feel like other shows, they try and mimic that and it's, you can tell it's scripted. I can watch reality and you can tell like that scene's fake, that scene's fake. But with Housewives, when that happens, I just feel like it's so iconic of Housewives. Like, that's why people love the show. Unfortunately, I mean, it's bad for you guys, but um, it's great. Well, no more <laughs> but it's terrible. Not for me anymore. Right. It's it's someone has to always be winning and someone losing. And you just yeah. it's hunger, hunger Games because you mm-hmm. don't know if, if the arrow's in your back. You're not sure if yeah. it's you or somebody else. Terrifying. Yeah. So Jacqueline, you know, is my version of... A, to someone who seems like a really sweet girl, but not, mm. but like she's sort of like a connective tissue under the radar housewife, which is probably why she wasn't on for that many years because she's sweet and nice. And many people I like personally, but I can see when they're just not that 
they're not moving that much story around. They're just like a really sweet housewife. But in this episode, mm-hmm. she kind of had a moment. She had a big moment at the at the end dinner with Danielle. So she's yeah. So Jacqueline is married to Carolyn and Dina's brother. So Wait, got- I'm so stupid. I literally just realized that in this episode. Like I watched it before and I'm like, wait, they're family? Like, how did I not know this? Right. So Carolyn and Dina are siblings and so is Jacqueline's husband. So Jacqueline's friends with Danielle. And by the way, disaster. You said you wouldn't want to do Housewives. What about doing it with your family? No. Uh, no, because like my friends are like my family and my family is obviously my family. I would be torn. I don't know how she did that. If you, like, there's no good. There's no, and then, mm-hmm. By the way, that many of them don't speak. I don't know if if Caroline speaks to Dina anymore. I like families divided by the show for sure. Families divided. So, so we'll get back to the dinner after. So Jacqueline's daughter, I'm, this is about parenting and being strict. Are you strict or are you loose? I feel like I'm in between because my parents were really strict and I kind of rebelled a little bit. So I want to like enforce the rules and do that, but not too strict. So I want to be a cool mom, but like not cool. We're like, you're crossing me. So Jacqueline's parents, who seem very relatable, uh, aren't here for that. And then Jacqueline walks in and is calling her daughter and she's on the phone and gives a little bit of an attitude to get off the phone. Like mm-hmm. they're calling her to give her the car and she's giving a little attitude. I would have pulled I would have pulled it. I wouldn't have done it. Same. Same. I would have been like, screw it. I would have just said, give me the phone and not even say anything about the car. Put it back in the garage. I probably would have said, give me the phone. Look out the window. That's what you're not getting. Here's your, you know, I, I mean, I would have been annoyed. Oh, because, Patty. <laughs> yeah, Patty. Because here's the thing with me. Mm-hmm. I'm not, there's never any reason for me to be big picture strict because it doesn't get to that. It's like, you know how your house is clean and you clean it as you go. Like you're not, your house, mm-hmm. like a bomb didn't go off on your house one day. So with my daughter, if she even, you know, I, I see kids the way they speak to their parents at the mall or something, just the snapping back. Just what? Like I see it at my daughter's uh, school game. Oh, no. Like, mm. like, like no, why? Like if my daughter, like if she said, if she just did what I just did to me, just like the simplest thing, like, mm-hmm. oh, bring come up, please, mom, no. I'd be like, are you, uh, excuse yourself? Mm-hmm. Don't yeah, no. you ever mm-hmm. speak to, so that little moment on the couch when she was still on the phone, like ignoring and had a little attitude, that would have been all I needed to like, Same. that would have been it, to snap the collar. I would have been like, nope. Yeah, I feel like, but if, if I, so if this was Giovanna, because, you know, girl, she's already getting an attitude. She's eight years old. Like, she's just like me, but just, I don't know, like worse. And I always know people say that and like, be prepared. I'm like, okay. Right. And then I'm like, wait, they, they weren't kidding. So I just feel like she just gets nasty. And like, she could be the sweetest girl in the world. And then all of a sudden just snap and be mean and write me these mean notes. Like, I don't like you anymore, mommy. Like, she could get, yeah. And like, yeah, but wanna, you must like, not be cr- Yeah, but you must not be really checking at each time. So she knows to be slightly afraid of you. Oh, yeah. I take everything away. And then she starts writing me love notes and everything. So, I mean, girls aren't easy. I mean, like, boys, yes, they're hard. But I feel like girls just touch you in that certain way where they, where they just really, really get under your skin. And she knows how. And I just, that's why I like my wine. She makes me drink wine. (laughs) Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done 
has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It was funny to watch them go in and act like Botox was this crazy, innovative thing. Like the parents are talking to Jacqueline about her getting Botox and you know, they definitely don't agree. And getting Botox is like getting your teeth clean now on the housewives. No, yeah. Like back then I was thinking, was that like a big deal to get Botox in 2009? Like, was that, was that like not a thing? Well, I'm sure it was a thing, but all of us, I mean, I was in my thirties, which is not being in your fifties or forties. And so I, 
for me, definitely wasn't doing Botox. And if someone had suggested mm. it, that would have been like, oh, I don't need that because I'm, a, you know, I was a little bit of a late bloomer with anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then also not having money. And a lot of these women are new on shows. Like they're not living that glam world, you know, wardrobe and things like that. So I think maybe, yeah, living in the suburbs of Jersey at that time in your 30s, maybe you're just not thinking about Botox yet. Yeah, I feel like I'm doing it. Yeah, I like, no, I like my Botox. I get it too. And now it's become more common. But I guess that's just a sign of the times. It's We're talking about 13 yeah. years ago, 14 years ago. Yeah. So I could see like her mom being worried it's poison in your brain. You might die. Exactly. I see that. <laughs> and then um, Dina, who I can't help but like, by the way, I think she's one of the, I'd say it's fewer than five housewives that have actually really, truly left on their own and up and fired. And that's a very close number. And mm-hmm. I think Dina's one of them. And I like her. There's just a nice Thanks. sweet vibe about her. I like her. Mm-hmm. And um, I also like this not modern conversation that she's having about wanting to be a stay-at-home mom. I mean, I feel like I relate to that. It, it doesn't matter what if it's 2023 or 1965. Like, you know how much time you have with your kids. You know that they're not mm-hmm. getting any younger. You know that this yeah. one thing that happened at 13 isn't the same thing that happens at 14. You know, mm-hmm. I was at my daughter's school yesterday. They're in bat mitzvah season where it's a nightclub every Saturday. It's someone's bat mitzvah, bar mitzvah. And the 14-year-old boys were saying, well, next year we'll just be going to house parties, people's houses. It felt like taking out a whip. Like, what? Next year? So last oh year, God. you know, it, it was baby talk. So mm-hmm. I, I like someone who just wants to be home and not miss any of that. Like, I get that a lot. I, I am that in many ways. Yeah, I feel like with my job and traveling and filming here and there, um, a lot of people take their kids and I just don't have that luxury because they're in sports or in school. I can't I'm not going to pull them. So like I'm being selfish and like I see them, you know what I mean? So I only give like three days maximum away from the kids. Like I just I love being home. Like, don't get me wrong. I love working. I love filming and doing all that. But that's like my second love. Like, obviously, my first love is my kids. So I love being home. I love you know, cleaning the house and like making dinner for my kids, driving them to sports. Like I'm dry- I'm going to get my uh, daughter at a cheer right after this, dropping my son off at wrestling. So like, that's, that's, that's my happy place is being a mom, being with my kids and like, yeah. you know, just know everybody's safe in my house and I have a glass of wine. And I watch my Netflix. Exactly. I got, I got it. I, li- I like <laughs> it too. I like it as a truth. I, and for me mm-hmm. too. It comes first and everything revolves around it. And that's the end of the story. Um, mm-hmm. the, the stuffed animal situation. I mean, I, I have massive organizational issues. Like I have, I'm the most psychotic organized person to another level, to another level. That was, that was an episode of Hoarders. I've never seen it. The candy in the drawer. I was like, there are going to be mice in there. I was like, yes. in the house panicking. There had to be a ton of spiders under that bed with all the stuffed animals. I and I wanted them to make that Man. big stuffed animal chair. You've seen that chair that like they take all the stuffed animals, stick them together and like yeah. attach them to. So I just mm-hmm. wanted them to do that. But they did not do that. Um, And. Oh, my God, the dog is so like scary, Jersey, like security dog, a German shepherd. Oh, the German shepherd. Caroline's yeah. dog. Yeah. So we just adopted a dog two months ago. Because my, my kids have been dying for a dog. And I was like, Lorenzo, when you're 10, we'll think about it. And then I just did it. Adopted a little sheep poo. Um, but my husband always wanted a German Shepherd. He's like, we're going to get a dog. We're getting a German Shepherd. And I'm just like, I'm not ready for that. Like, let's start. Let's start with a, with a little, you know, with a little doggy. And then if, you know, we do good, then we'll get another one. So, yeah, German Shepherds. Everybody here wants a German Shepherd. 
Oh, real? That's like a thing. That's hilarious. It's a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's like a serious dog. Gorgeous animals, but like that's a very serious. Oh, I dog. love them, but it's like you know, it's a lot. <laughs> um. Okay, so we're getting close to 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 the to the meat of the matter. I'm just trying to do some foreplay. Um, let's get to the restaurant. We're at the restaurant. So there are kids at the table. I just don't think the <gasps> first time around I really realized how much there are kids at the table and how much hypocrisy is going to go down. This should have been called the ha- the hypocrisy episode, okay? So mm-hmm. the parents are there, the kids are there, and now we're talking about Teresa's boobs, vagina, and <gasps> how much he wants to have sex, and he's trying to have sex with her right after surgery. It's making me sick. Like, I don't want that thought. You know, you know, right after mm-hmm. you had a, if you had a C-section or after you had your kids, like, you have to wait six weeks, but the thought of it is no Yes, no. So, like, you're... leaving a breast surgery and he's trying to have sex with her, like, put him in jail then. I would have died because I got my boobies done and I remember leaving and I was just hysterically crying in pain, like so much pressure, but talking about the kids, me as a mom, like, you know, thinking, okay, I'm filming with my roomies. I know shit's going to go down. I would not bring my kids because I knew, you know, knowing that I'm inviting someone that I have an issue with and we're drinking champagne and wine, like shit's going to go down. So I, I don't know why they brought their kids. <laughs> no. And earlier in the episode, Dina was talking about her. I have a 12 year old. So Dina's daughter is 12 and Dina's talking about Lexi's boobs at the table. Bryn, I mean, if I do it, if I did it in front of my assistants who are girls who are 24 years old that my daughter adores and are like sisters to her, if I mentioned mm-hmm. her boobs in front of one of them, she'd be so upset. I cannot yeah. imagine on television talking about my daughter getting breasts. Like that's, they like mm. they do not want to talk about their period, getting breasts. Like it is not something to bring up on camera. Like, yeah. It, yeah, that was- Giovanna, Giovanna would have killed me. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Um, And- at the dinner, I noticed that, like, Albie and Chris, I think, they're mm-hmm. laughing really ha- hard at, like, the Joe sex conversation. And I'm just, like, feeling a little bit of misogyny. Like, you know, there's always that person who's, like, a little bit of an animal. And the younger guys, like, look up to that person for the wrong reason. So they're talking about sex and all the wrong things and so many pro- inappropriate things. And the sons, mm-hmm. even though they're in their 19, 18, it's just, like, it's yeah. not appropriate that they're, like, loving they're listening to their parents' friends talk about having sex. Like, it's just not right to me. Well, even Joe was asking the boys, like, is your mom's boobs real? <gasps> like, if someone said that oh. to my Lorenzo, he'd be like, what? Oh, my God. Like, why are you asking about my mom's boobs? Oh, my <laughs> God. I, I think I noticed that, but, like, yeah. Imagine. Yeah, wow. <laughs> are you sore? Okay, so... The most staged thing is obviously Danielle just taking the book out. Um, oh my God, yes. The producer said it's time and she yeah, took it out. <laughs> right. It's And having it and the whole thing, right? So dramatic. But, right. Totally dramatic. Um, But I give her credit for cutting it off at the pass. So I did respect that move that I just don't think back then I did. I respected it as a move. Yeah, I also loved the fact that she was just honest and she wanted and she was she wasn't screaming at first. She was just like being honest and just talking, getting her feelings out. Then she got interrupted and it was just like a snowball effect. But I love the fact that she was like just kind of just talking in a normal voice and saying, listen, I just want to talk this out. Here's what it is. And I kind of 
I respected her. How I she did handled too. it, how she brought it up. So I was like, By oh, I'm very way. classy of her. By the way, but I don't think the audience and I felt this way when it first aired years ago. I don't mm. know why. I think we were more um, prudish or we thought someone who, because back then, like everybody didn't have a book. Everyone didn't write everything. Everything was in a page six. Back then, like a book coming out with a housewife in it about the person's past was very salacious. Yeah. It's like Alex's nude pictures. Who cares? That would be a Tuesday now. Mm-hmm. So I think that when watching, and I want someone to, like, I want to check on this, but the, the, the listeners will know. I think that Danielle was more judged than the way that we both respected it. So I had the same take as you. I thought they are judging her. And she's saying it was nine. I don't know how many years ago she's saying it was 20, 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it was 19. What the hell? 19. Someone said to me recently, oh, your failed talk show, which, by the way, I didn't love doing. And that was literally over. A I loved your talk show. Oh, thank you. I was going through a terrible divorce and it's just not my genre. Oh, but, I loved it. But someone <laughs> said it to me and I thought, what was your hairstyle like over 10 years ago? Like, I mean, yours was similar, but but other people, <laughs> I, yes. you know, you know, you, you had you had you had half up and half down like you do now, but you didn't. You, you don't. I have mean, the poof, yeah, it's kind of the same, just a little different, <laughs> but you don't have the poof. But um, no, but. Yeah, like to be so sanctimonious and judgmental and come in and talk about what someone did 19 years ago. So she's coming in and saying, hi, two things are true. Two truths and a lie. They should have called the episode two truths and a lie. Mm. She's It's two truths and one, I was not a prostitute. So now Teresa gets a little sanctimonious. A, us knowing that later she would be arrested. So the thing that she's coming after Danielle about in this book is that, you know, cop without a badge I think it's called is that she was arrested mm-hmm. and also Teresa who's just been talking about her sore vagina is now saying she's judging that around. you were a stripper <laughs> well judging that you were a stripper yeah and also I don't want my kids around this you would just talk about your vagina oh, yeah the conversation yeah mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah no yeah but I can't I feel like for me I don't I don't judge anyone's past because it is what it is. And for that to be, what was it you said, 19 years ago? I think it was 25 years ago. I oh, my God. To- and there's, they're, they're all like, I can't believe you did that. Like, it's 25 years ago. I feel like they didn't have anything else to talk about. So they had to talk about that. Right. And she changed her name. But if you had gotten arrested 25 years ago, you might change your name. So no one judged you by that, which is exactly what's happening oh, right 100%. now. Yeah. I mean, well, I did get arrested, but it was it wasn't. Not bad. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it was but just disorderly you, conduct. Not bad. Yeah. No, no big deal. Just a little just, mm-hmm. just a little DC. Um, yeah, yeah, but I think her thing was more serious. And mm-hmm. you know, that's the that's the risk you take too going on a show when you have kids that are gonna watch this and like they're gonna have to dredge this up too. They probably didn't know about this. It's it's you pay a price. Mm. Great. Um, but so I was <laughs> LOLing when she's like, I don't want this in front of my kids. Like that became the holier than thou. That's hypocrisy. Um I noticed Caroline, you know, acting like she's the boss of everything. Like, you're going to oh cry. God, she's scary. Yeah. She's like the mom. Like, stop it. I she, know. I'm not going to lie. She's intimidating. She, I always thought she was intimidating. But, you know, like in, I don't know if it's, I want to say like a boss way. But then sometimes it's just like, like taking over, you know, like we're all adults here. You don't need to mommy me a little bit. No and way. I feel like yeah. that's, that's, that's how she was coming off in that argument with all the girls. 
Oh, I would have been, I would have been like, I wouldn't have allowed that. Like, I don't, I don't do that. Like, you're not, we're all at the same table. I would have been like, what are you like the moderator? I would have been all over that. I realize that now <laughs> yes. like, I would have been like, take it easy. This is mm-hmm. the Supreme Court hearings. Relax, Judge Judy. Yeah. So I would have fully been like, absolutely not. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just was thinking like, no one, everyone doesn't deserve to know. Tell me every skeleton in your closet. Like everyone, if we're at a dinner that is to like, for someone to explain themselves about their past over a quarter mm-hmm. of a century ago, it just felt like, who the fuck are you to ask me about my past? Like what, what happened? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. It hit me sideways where it didn't back then. Mm-hmm. And I like Teresa a lot, but I did think it was interesting. People in glass houses, people in glass jerseys, yeah. overly designed houses. That's why I don't judge. Just, just do you keep, keep doing you. No yep. judging. And Caroline said, it was interesting, the tricky little bit between Caroline and Dina, where Danielle kept going after Dina. And finally, Caroline says it was her. I have no idea if that's even true. It seemed like it was half true. It seemed like there was something going on on the mm-hmm. side. But like, I don't know. But Caroline, then the moderator is telling Danielle, like, if you're going to attack my sister, which she absolutely didn't attack anybody. No, yeah, she was just saying her piece. I just was going to say she stayed her piece. Yeah. yeah, she was trying to resolve it. Um, but I definitely feel like she was trying to save her sister there. And she was like, it was me. Come to me. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, she she scares me in that in that scene. I would have been scared. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that was a distortion of reality. Nobody attacked anybody. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so now Jacqueline jumps in. And you got to give her credit because she stays quiet most of the show overall. And this is when she decides to get in right in the middle of the lion's den. Someone must have been like, get your ass in there. Uh, and she says... Well, well, Dina called her out. Dina was like, Jacqueline, you have say something. Like, you were there. Like, say what happened. And then I feel like she got flustered because you could tell she did not want to be involved at all. Like, she just wanted to watch what went down. She, you know, she wants to be cool with everybody that's her family that's her good friend like she just didn't want to be involved um i feel like it was nice that she was because somebody had to stick up for the girl you know just saying you know she's trying to she's trying to talk this out or whatever um but she got a little heated with her sister-in-laws so i was like oh damn like if that were me and my sister-in-laws like oh i I would lose sleep because i love my sister-in-laws that was that was her getting in deeper than she thought. But apparently, Danielle was on an island on her own. And I did not remember that Dina, Dina prodded Jacqueline to get involved. She was probably like, dude, somebody's got to help me here. And then Jacqueline mm. did. And you saw Danielle say, thank you. And then the sisters were not happy. Like, But it, it did seem a little Fifty Shades of Truth because... It was like I didn't bring it the book, and then you felt Dina like a like kind of brought it or showed it on a computer. Like it was, they had been sort of caught a little bit in something. I can't explain exactly what, but they definitely were in the mix of moving this story around the town. Yeah, I mean, at that point, if you're talking about it and you're this far in the conversation and it's already getting heated, just say what you did, get it over with, and then move on. So I feel like eventually they were like, yeah, it was me. I brought it up. And I feel like Dina even said it before she left. She was just like, you know, was I happy that this happened? Because, you know, we're not in good terms. Yes. So I was like, I was kind of happy that she was like honest about it, you know? Yeah, she, I mean, listen, there are red flags, but we're not judging. I think, did, did I imagine this or did, to? oh, I'm, did Teresa talk about skeletons? Or, I think Teresa said I have no skeletons in my closet. She, did she yeah, know? she did. Ouch. She screamed it. Yeah, that's that did not age well. That's funny. She said, I have no skeletons in my closet except mm-hmm. tax. Yeah, tax evasion. Interesting. Maybe you that's know. why she got so heated and she flipped the table. 
because she knew. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> wow. Dr. Snooky. Look at me. Dr. Snooky. I should be wow. a regular here. <laughs> yeah. And then she says something to Danielle and Danielle. Well, Danielle had a couple of good lines. She's like, pay attention, please. Like, I like that. And then she later Ooh. said something like, sweetie, the feeling is mutual. There was something there was something about that where she was like, the feeling is mutual. Um, yeah. Well, that's what got her going. <laughs> that's what got her going. Dina <laughs> copped and then said, I'm going to pray for you. That is so passive aggressive. <gasps> oh, that hurt. Yeah. That is that is so passive aggressive. And Chris stops the whole thing. Like he's like, I like how he did that. He was just like, you all are acting like children. Like, relax. Like, we're all a family. It's supposed to be a nice dinner. I mean, sometimes you need that, especially with a group of women that, you know, there's always going to be drama, especially all of them. It was nice with the fact that he said that to, like, kind of bring it down to be like, what are we doing? But also, you know, I'm still not over it. <laughs> right. And he, <laughs> he, he was like, Danielle's welcome in my home. And... That's what happens with housewives. So here's the problem. You become friends with people you wouldn't necessarily become friends with. And then you're introducing mm -hmm. them to your kids and your family and they're in your house. And then the next month you're not speaking to them and the people around you don't understand. And it's like, it, it, it's for the show, but it's like not, you think it's real. It's not technically for the show. I mean, it's technically for the show, but you think it's real. Like you think this is a friendship, but it's important yes. to have yeah. really good, sustainable relationships built on the housewives it's just it's not it's not absolutely unheard of but it's fairly impossible so are you still good friends with everyone from your season well i was never good friends with anyone because i always sort of knew what this was i was good friends with jill and that was a very public fallout we met on the show and then there was a fallout mm -hmm. on the show i was friends. I'd say not as close, but very good friends with Dorinda. And I message with Dorinda and I respect, I like Dorinda, but there are friendships that I haven't maintained kind of because of the show. When you're friends with people that are on the show and you're not on the show, it becomes something that you're kind of always talking about. So if you've just left the show, you're always talking about it because you sort of like are checking in with your ex-boyfriend to see like what's going on and who they're dating. And like, you kind of want to know what's going on. Cause you were so close. No, yeah, like you have FOMO. You're like, what's going on? Kind of. Mm -hmm. But once you realize that that is not your world at all, once it rinses, like, you know, and you don't think about your ex anymore. I never think about that. It's ironic. Cause I'm on the, doing this show, but I never think about like my participation in the housewives anymore. I watch from afar like mm. a fan, which is great. So well, that's good. You got over that then. Totally yeah. got over that. But then when you yeah. talk to people who are still on or want to be on, which Dorinda does, it's all that's talked about. And you really don't want to talk about it anymore. You don't want to hear about it. And it's one of the things that when Kyle was, Kyle and I knew each other for years, n normal life. And when she was going on, I was leaving. And I just, it just becomes something that all people are talking about. You're talking about, you're gossiping, you're talking about other casts, you're angling, everyone's always angling and telling stories. And like, they all think it's real because mm. it is real for them. So yeah. it's hard to maintain friendships. I call Sonia every once in a while just to say, how are you and happy holidays. But then she'll get into the show and this one's off and this one's on. And, this is, and I just don't, 
care that much. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Yeah. So no, you moved on, which is nice. Yes. yes. You know, so it's yeah. Bigger so and better things. Right. Like it's like if you are still talking to, you know, all the people that were in your kindergarten, the parents in your kindergarten class, you're probably not. You had something in common at that time with that class. You're not talking about right. parents. So that's yeah. kind of how that is. All right. So let's talk about the main event though, which is the table flip. What do you think? I don't know why I felt like back then it was more crazy. Like looking at it now, I'm like, oh, this is just like an everyday scene. You know what I mean? Because with reality and like us and I don't know, just housewives in general. I mean, that that happens all the time now. But back then it was like, oh, my God, like what is happening and me, me being a freaking mom, like an old person, I'm like, oh, my God, all the food on the table. Did they apologize to the owner of the restaurant? I'm like, that's what I'm thinking now. Oh Instead of back then, God. I was like, holy shit. Well, it's funny you say that because I thought so, too. Like, the table didn't flip over. Like, she pushed no. the table. And the episode overall, it's funny because choosing it, it was like, I'm choosing iconic episodes. And the whole episode wasn't the most iconic. It was just that scene that made it iconic. It was, it was that just- scene. Yeah, it was like mm-hmm. boring, not boring, but it was like different scenes, but that scene. But yeah, she pushed the table. But like, if that happened with you at a restaurant in your real life, that would be jarring. But I, I understand what mm-hmm. you're saying. Like Ramona threw a glass at somebody, Lisa Rinna, and this one threw a glass. Like people have ripped weaves, Aviva threw a leg. Like, and it is, it is staged. <laughs> yeah. It's not like Teresa has ever done that before. She, you know, that reality TV is like, You've added alcohol and like, just take it and Mm -hmm. multiply it by five. Whatever you would normally do, I'd say multiply it by five. Yeah. Or 10. Or 10. (laughs) Because like, if you were on a reality show with some of the kids at your pickup and drop off, you might say to the person, what were you thinking when you put that outfit on? But you don't say that to the people at pickup and drop off because they're not on a reality show with you. And you didn't do this unwritten contract with them that we're all going to just say what we feel and do mm-hmm. what comes to mind. And that's why it's like the housewives are like gremlins. You add alcohol and the cameras and they go crazy. Oh, my God. We call each other gremlins. I was like, when we drink, we are all gremlins. We're zoo creatures. We're just like crazy people. And then we wake up the next day and we have to deal with all this drama. And we're all hungover. And we're like, oh, <laughs> like, can we just take a beat? <laughs> yeah, we call each other gremlins. That's funny. Right. So and then just shows their relationship. She's just flipped the table. She goes over and you could tell like Joe liked it a little. That's an Italian husband. Ew, yeah, he liked it. Like he's like, like, come here, baby. Yeah. And she's like, I love you. And like, it's normal. I can't. It's but then I loved, I loved, I loved at the end. She was like, I never acted like this. Like I've never done this before. I'm like, bitch, come on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right. And also she's an iconic housewife. Yes. When I think of housewives, she's like the number one that I always think of, Teresa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's on my, my, I have a Mount Rushmore. And so far, it's she and Nini are on my Mount Rushmore. Mm -hmm. Well, well deserved. Yeah. I need to pick the last two. Um, All right. Well, is there, what were your, what was your high? What was your low? Who won the episode for you and who lost the episode for you? I'm going to say who won the episode for me, surprisingly, is Danielle. I was like, I really respected her. And I feel like she's a good mom in this episode. You know, like she's she's just being a good mom. She's good to the girls. Um, the low. I don't know. I have to say I felt bad for Jacqueline because she got pushed into all that. 
And I feel like she's such a nice person. And she just wants to be friends with everybody and wants to have peace. And then she got, you know, thrown into that. And then she, you know, she got upset. That made me upset because I feel like we kind of have the same personality in that episode. Because I hate being thrown in shit. But then when I am, I get crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I related to her. But um, I don't know. I feel like the table flip was so iconic to me. And then when I watched it again, like knowing I've done all this reality and watching all reality, I'm just like, that was it. Like, you know, when you go to your high school, you know, when you go to your high school and in that moment in high school, it's a huge high school. It's just like so big. And then you go with your kids and it's like, this is the high school. Yeah, that's 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 kind of how I felt with it. That's how I felt, too. Love it. Loved it. it. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And it started. Well, what's funny is my scene with Kelly when she basically says, this is me. This is you. And it's like the I'm up here. You're down here thing people thought it was the craziest scene. It was because it was mental warfare. It wasn't physical. It wasn't throwing something, but it was basically saying you're a loser yeah. and I'm a winner. And it just, it provoked every single girl at every single school table. That's not sitting at the cool table for lunch. And it just did something. And yeah. this table flip was a moment like that. where it just, there's something about it just struck everybody. Um, mm-hmm. But I think in going back, Teresa was celebrated for the table flip and Danielle seems like she was shamed for the book. And I think now watching it back, being a mother and all these other boring things that we're talking about. I know. Danielle, (laughs) Danielle stood up for herself and and just explained herself where she didn't have to. And Teresa was talking Mm -hmm. about her vagina and flipped the table in front of her kids. And then yelled at her for being a stripper and prostitute. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we as parents lead by example. So they, they do everything we do. You, there's no world where you would want your children to think that flipping a table would be condoned. No. And I feel like I've never done that, I have to say. No, you know, I, I once threw a drink on the wrong people. I mean. Oh, yeah, I've done that. Oh. I mean, yeah. But like flip the table. I've never done that. <laughs> That's the so what's the worst thing you've ever done? I probably threw a drink in somebody's face. Or, like um, the liquid or the glass? Oh, no, not the glass. Oh. Liquid. I mean, that feels oh. good. Like, mm. Yeah. Um, or I threw shrimp in Angelina's hair. But I was wasted, but so. I so. think I have to say throwing a drink on someone is like, it's actually a very Oh, it's sat- terrible. But that's but like satisfying. More, yes, but it's like worse than a punch in the face. It's just you like, think Ugh. so? I think it's so just mean. It's freaking mean. Degrading. So somebody said to me, I'd rather get punched in the face. Because if you're going to throw a drink in my face, I'm attacking you. Degrading. If you're punching me, I'm suing you. So it's different. <laughs> <laughs> Things different. If you're going to throw a drink in my face, I'm attacking you. But then you're going to get sued. Exactly. So I'm saying I'd rather get punched. Ah, interesting. Oh, you re- look at how smart. Again, back to Dr. Snooky. Doctor I can't. Snooki. What is wrong with me? Dr. Snooky giving amazing sound advice. That's exactly right. Thank Do, you, everyone. So, yeah, you'd, yeah, you'd rather someone punch, <laughs> punch you in the face than throw a drink on you. Because yeah. one, you're attacking them and you're getting sued. The other, you're getting sued. This is back mm-hmm. to, this is Snooky knowledge. I like this. See? I'm really this smart. Is- Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots 
the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.